Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There may be people that you're sharing with you guys and it seems like it's not working. It seems like it's uh, it's falling on deaf ears, but I want you to consider how you treat people that are not responding well. Because imagine that one day they finally get saved and they look back and think, man, you know, you kind of, you started sharing with me, then you got mad at me. You know, some Christians, we get mad at people that don't receive it. You know, uh, it's like, it's like we, we get personally offended that you're not receiving our message right now. And I understand why, right? But we got to not do that because if I get mad at you, now I'm no longer a good witness to you. Are you tired of the negativity and hate that seem to pervade our world? In today's message, Pastor Bill talks about how we have been called as Christians to be a light in the darkness and to show God's love to those around us. When we treat others with love and kindness, we not only represent ourselves, but also represent the Lord. Our behavior reflects our faith, and it's essential that we act accordingly. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that desperately needs love and compassion. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, as he continues his message, an example to follow. Paul says again, I didn't come with flattering words. And he says, I didn't come with a cloak of covetousness. And he says this, God is witness. God knew, God knows. Verse six, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others that we have, that we might've made demands as apostles of Christ. Paul says, look, we didn't come being big shots either. We didn't come to you guys seeking glory from men. Um, so I really think it's it's uh, it's inappropriate. You know, some of our churches, we got kind of superstar pastors. They're like pop stars and they become they they're kind of the main attraction of the big deal. I think it's wrong when in any church, the big deal is somebody other than Jesus Christ. Uh, churches will have elders and leaders and people that, you know, uh, that that's, you know, spearhead ministries or they may be up in front. But the ministry should really be about Jesus. He should always be the star. He should always be the, the if, if there's someone lifted up, if there's someone that's a big deal, if there's someone that we're like, he, you know, he's present, it's Jesus, right? Because if it's a man, a man is a man, is a man right? A man is fallible. He's, he's, he's a sinner. Um, there's things that a man can't do. He, he can't be perfect. He can't be available all the time. He can't know everything. But if I could connect folk with Jesus, Jesus knows everything. Amen. Available 24 seven will always be available. I'm never going to let you down. He actually is perfect. If I can get you connected with him, that's the win. And so Paul says, look, we didn't come seeking glory from you guys. We didn't come. I didn't come into town as a big shot, though. I'm going to y'all know Paul was a big deal. Amen. So Paul was like, he, he is a big deal, but he made himself not so big. So I'm, he knows he's an impossible. He said, but I didn't come making much of me. I came to make much of Jesus. And I would encourage any of, especially those of us here that are called to ministry, um, that's that's when we're doing when we're doing ministry right. We'll make much of Jesus. Um, when it becomes much about us, um, I think that's a fail. Um, somebody somebody reached out. We were you know we were trying to do the website, and someone said, "Hey, I I couldn't find you on the website." And I'm like, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm like, I don't really need you to. Find, if somebody make their way to our website, we have a page where you can get to know Jesus. And I, I'm, I'd much rather you get to know Jesus. You'll meet me soon enough. Um, and you may like me or not like me, but I'd, I'd rather you get to know Jesus Christ. And so um, I just think Paul was an example even in that. Though he was a big deal, he didn't make himself a big deal. 
Um, some of you guys are in positions in people's lives where sometimes we got to humble ourselves to be a witness. Parents, 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 parents got to humble themselves to be witnesses to their kids. Sometimes parents, um, you know, we know we're the authority. We know they got to do what we say they got to do. Y'all can talk a certain kind of way to your kids, but some of y'all need to take that down a notch. You're still a witness. You're still representing the Lord to your kids. I've seen some parents. I'm like, that's just rude. I don't think you would talk that you talk better to people at work than you do to your own kids. That's not right. Um, I, you know, not just cause you can, right. We, I gotta be concerned for, and I'm not saying you can't discipline or, or cause we talked about that. If they, if they need a discipline, they need to get all that. Um, but I'm saying some parents are just rude. They take advantage of the authority God has given them. Don't be like that. Maybe you're a boss in your work. Maybe you're an authority over people. Be careful how you hold those places and positions over people. Um, be, be cautious how you do that. You want to, you want to represent the Lord well. Um, and I always believe it says something about a man or a woman, how you treat people that you're over. It says more about you than them, how you speak to, how you treat people that are, you know, maybe in a servant position or serving you. Um, it says a lot about you if you treat them poorly. Um, and so when I look at Jesus, who, when I think Jesus was there, there's no one greater than him. And I look at how we talk to people. I looked at how we treat, look at how we treated people. And even as he came to earth, he didn't come to, to be served. What does it say? He came to serve and to give his own life a ransom for many. And so again, Paul is another, he's an example in that as, as he just reminded the Thessalonians, you guys, I didn't, I didn't come taking advantage. I didn't come making myself a big deal. I didn't come seeking your goods or your money. Um, even when we might've made demands as apostles, we didn't take advantage of that. Verse seven. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Verse eight, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. Get these words. Paul says, and, and this is um, the imagery he gives us. Paul says, you guys, we were among you guys. We were gentle just as a nursing mom cherishes her children. And so um, if you've ever, I mean, I've I, I watched my wife with, with, with all her kids, but if you see a nursing mom and their kids, it's very tender. Uh, moms are very careful with them and, and, and they hold them close and they care for them. And, and the baby needs care and all these pauses. That's how I cared for you guys. Like a nursing mom, I cared for you guys. And again, as a church, we want to develop that, right? Do we care about each other here like that? Cause some people can roll in and roll out and you know, I just, I went to church, you know, I heard a word. I went on, but do we care about each other? Leaders, we should be caring for people, but even believers, we should care about one another. It should be intimate. It should be, it should be, when we see somebody get born again, somebody get saved, there should be the body should, we should care. Hey, how are they doing that? That we're caring for them. We're trying to bring them in close. We want to, we want to nurture them and walk with them and, and want to see them get to a place of health and spiritual growth and vitality. But that's the church's job. We're supposed to be that. Paul was an example. Paul said, when you, when I was with you guys, I mean, I'm, not, I'm the apostle Paul, but he says, I, I came down low for you guys. I, I was, we were caring for you guys like a nursing mom with her kids. It was very tender how we were concerned and cared for you. And then he said, so affectionately longing for you that we were well pleased to impart to you, not only the gospel of God, but our own lives. But Paul says, we, we so affectionately longing for you we were well pleased not only to impart to you guys the gospel, but also our own lives. And so, uh, <laughs> so my last point on this to you guys, right, is 
We want to make sure in our care for one another that is tender, um, that there's love. I, 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 I think it's a healthy environment in a church when we genuinely care for one another, when we're not a bickering. I hate division. I hate to think of churches where people are fighting and going at it. When Paul says, look, I, I was nurturing you guys like a nursing mom. I was caring for you guys. It was affectionate. It was tender. It was genuine. It was sincere. Um, I, I, my prayer is that the leaders here, that that's how we would behave ourselves to you guys. The church should never feel like a business. Uh, this is not a business. I am not the CEO. It's a church. Jesus is the Lord. We are the body. We're part of one another. We need each other. And my prayer is that leaders and pastors that we would be nurturing, but but also one another. I hope that we 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 develop it uh, a, a, in our community here as a church that we develop the kind of attitude and behavior toward each other where there's genuine care. When we hear about someone else's situation or how someone else is doing, that there be genuine care and concern. For how they're doing and, and that's born out of love you guys um that's our love for god should overflow in our love for one another it should be one of the sweetest things in the church of jesus christ that it's a place where people genuinely love one another and, and maybe some people will find that there, there's a love here that they can't even find in their blood family uh, i have i've experienced at times that that the family of god at times has been more family to me than, than my family uh, for a lot of years, that's been my experience where the, ch the church has been my family. And I've been parts of different churches over time. And, you know, even churches I was a part of 10 years ago, them people are still like family when I see them. Uh, we, we spent some years together. I had a brother die last week, went to be with the Lord. Uh, that brother went with me on my very first ever mission trip. I met him my first year at this church and we went on a mission trip together and we bonded and we rolled back from Ensenada to, to Downey together. And, and the brother just went to be with the Lord. Um, but I could rejoice because I know that brother been serving Jesus the whole time. No, no days off. He'd been walking with the Lord, serving the Lord, glorifying the Lord. Now he is with the Lord. And it's a bummer for his wife, but I, I know he's not bummed. Right. And so uh, and these are people that, again, we, we, we don't have much else in common but Jesus. But the family of God, there should be a, a sincere love and bond that we have. And so I, I encourage you guys, don't slide in and out of church. Hang out. Meet some people. Know some names. You should know some people here personally. There should be people that know you personally. Personally, there should be people here that know how to pray for you. Somebody here should know what you need prayer for right now. As you sit, everybody's sitting in the chair. You have things on your heart. You have things that need to be lifted up. You have things that you need God to help you with. Somebody else should know what those things are, some other brother, some other sister. And typically I would tell brothers to talk to brothers and sisters to talk to sisters, you know, so, uh, you know, so we don't cross lines because people get confused, you know, uh, so, but you know, uh, the Lord leads you and all of that. I, I know, I know where you know, we got some situations out there. So um, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be good moving on. So the, the last part of verse eight, again, he says, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart not only the gospel of God, but we also imparted our own lives because you have become dear to us. Verse nine, for you remember, again, he's, he, keeps, he keeps telling him, you guys know this, you guys remember this about me, for you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. And so Paul says to them, you guys know that I was here sharing the gospel. I was here with you guys um, night and day toiling not so that I wouldn't be a burden so I could preach the gospel to you guys. Um, that was his example. And so 
There may be people that you're sharing with you guys and it seems like it's not working. Seems like it's um it's falling on deaf ears, but I want you to consider how you treat people that are not responding well. Cuz imagine that one day they finally get saved and they look back and think, "Man, you know, you kind of you started sharing with me, then you got mad at me." You know, some Christians we get mad at people that don't receive it, you know? Uh it's like it's like we we get personally offended that you're not receiving our message right now. And I understand why, right? But we got to not do that because if I get mad at you, now I'm no longer a good witness to you. Cuz God's not mad at him, right? If you're going to represent Christ to people, you got to represent his heart. Is he mad at them? Now nah, he's trying to save them. Is Jesus mad at sinners? No. He hates to sin, but he's not mad at them. The Bible says that he came to seek and save what? That which was lost. So if you mad at every sinner, which is what some Christians act like, Did you, I can't believe them over there. Look at them whoring. Look at what they're wearing. Look at alcohol smoking the marijuana, the devil's, the devil, the devil's cabbage or whatever you be saying, you know, and you get believers that behave like that. And it's like, Jesus not mad. Why you? Why you mad? Why you mad at them? Like I think sometimes I'll be looking at Christians like you look like you 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 mad. You can't have none. You know that's what it looked like. But you know we want to be careful about misrepresenting him. He's not mad at them, y'all. So as a Christian, I can't be running around mad at the sin around me. I got to look at the sin and see it for what it is. They don't know the Lord, and when I didn't know the Lord, I had a whole bunch of sins too. So they're doing what they're doing because they don't know Him. I got to I got to have a disposition that says, but I love them because God loves them and I want to communicate his heart to them. And you cannot communicate God's heart to someone looking disgusted with them. You can't communicate God's love to someone while you looking like you're disgusted at their behavior. So some of us got to get some of y'all need to remember where you came from. Remember what you used to be like and get your face together so you can be a good witness to people that don't know the Lord yet. Amen. So again, Paul says, you guys remember how we toiled and labored uh, among you guys night and day that we might not be a burden um, to any of you. And we preached to you the gospel of God multiple times here. Paul said, look, what did we preach? It was the gospel of God. We went over it last week. The gospel message that Jesus died for your sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that three days later he rose from the grave. According to the scriptures, that's what Paul is declaring to this group. Verse 10 he says, you are witnesses. Y'all saw this. You are witnesses and God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. So Paul says, even to you believers, three things, how devoutly, how justly and how blamelessly we behaved among you guys. And so we even Christians, we even want to be a good example to other believers. Some of us have been Christians longer and they're new believers. We want to be an example to them of what it looks like. Um, I'm going to share with you guys a scenario that was very discouraging to me when I early in my walk with the Lord. So I got saved. I didn't I didn't have a church right away. I eventually, you know, found a church. When I met my wife, I started going to her church and I got all involved. I got into ministry. I got involved in ministry. God was calling me to serve. There was all these great things were transpiring as I got involved in the ministry. I got to get behind closed doors with the, the deacons and the ministers. And I got my first ministry assignment. One of the deacons was going to be going to uh, change out some door knobs. And he said, come with me to the, uh, it wasn't Home Depot at the time, whatever the place was at the time. He said, well, come with me. And I, so I was, I got to, I went to the, I was excited. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to help him, you know, change some door knobs or whatever. And I, I got in the car and I, we went to the place and I got there with this deacon and he saw a girl walk by 
with some little shorts on. And he said, he tapped me. He said, hey, did, did you see that? And I was like, come on, bro. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm 19 years old. So I'm I'm trying not to look. I'm trying. I saw it. And I was like, nah, don't 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 look again. And he's like, bro, did you see that? I, I was like, then he cussed. I'm like, and I was I mean, by the end of the day, I was like, man, what is this? You know, it was like I, I was expecting like I'm going to learn from this guy. And I'm like. Bro, you everything I'm trying to stop being. I, I've been doing that. I'm trying to not do that no more, you know? And it was discouraging and disheartening. But you know what God did later for me? God brought some guys into my life that were examples I could follow. Uh, and I saw bad examples in ministry. I saw bad examples in pastoral ministry, bad examples of deacons and leaders. But I've also seen some wonderful examples. And the church that God took me to, uh, I was skeptical and I was slow to kind of warm up. But I remember when I finally got involved and I got behind closed doors with the pastors here. And I'm like, OK, they really do love the Lord. This this is who he who he is in public is also who he is in private. And, and we can hang out and have a good time without it being sinful or wicked or carnal or messy. And, and God just restored my hope that, you know what, there are some guys that, that really love the Lord that are doing the ministry. And that, that's been my heart's desire. God, I want to be that. I want to be not the first example, but that second example that was so encouraging to me. I want to provide that for some people. I want to be an example of what it is to really love the Lord, really serve God, be in the ministry, be normal. I don't want to be spiritually weird, you know, where, you know, like I, I hate when people talk in spirituality. They talk in Christianese, so they can't never use no regular words. Everything. I'm blessed. Everything. I'm blessed, 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 and blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, I, just, I like, man, just, that's it. <laughs> Anything else about your life, man? You, you, ever, you still play dominoes or anything regular? <laughs> just blessed, huh? So. I, I, I desire that, that there could be a genuineness um, to our walk and our example in the Lord. And so, again, I believe Paul was 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 laying that out for these people. He says, guys, you're witnesses of we were blameless, um, devout, just and blameless. That word blameless doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means that no one can accuse you of overt sin and it stick. Right. Blameless doesn't mean you'll never be blamed. It just means that the, the accusations won't stick. And so Paul said, we were blameless among you guys. We didn't, we didn't do anything, you know, wrong in, in, in general. Verse 11, it says, as you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. And again, you have the language of, of just a parental language. It was the mother earlier. Now it's the father. He says, you guys know we exhorted you guys. We comforted you guys. And we charge you guys, every one of you, as a father does his own children. Um, so Paul was like, we're speaking to you, charging you, exhorting you, you know, encouraging you, um, comforting you, just like a dad does his child. And I think that that's in the body of Christ, that there, there should be that family. It should feel like a family. They're the men of God in the church, so they should feel like spiritual dads pouring into sons and daughters. The word of God and the love of the Lord, that we're pouring those things in to one another. And then lastly, he says... That this is what we're, he said, this, this is the whole point. All that Paul's my example, what I've been sharing, what I've been preaching. This is the whole point. Verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. All my example, all my, you know, going through hardship, all of I'm all this Paul says I'm doing that you guys might walk worthy of the Lord. I want to be an example. I want to tell you the truth. I want to live it out before you. I'm willing to endure hardship. I'm willing to be beaten and imprisoned and come back and tell you guys that you guys might also 
Walk worthy of the walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And I want you to note this, that all that Paul is doing is not for himself. It's for the benefit of other people. Y'all get that? All that he's doing, all of this example, all that he's going through is I'm doing all this because I want to help you guys in your walk with the Lord. Anybody here that senses that God's called you into the ministry? Um, know that the life of ministry is a life where you really live. Uh, a lot of your life is lived out for the benefit of other people. You do a lot of what you do that others might be benefited. But there's there's something in that. It's life giving. When you get it's not a got to it's never ministry is never something you got to do. Ministry is something you get to do. It is a privilege and a blessing that God will use you to lead others to him. That God will use you to strengthen others in him. That God will use you to teach other people how to walk with him. It's a privilege of the believer. And so if God has called you, uh, know that it comes with challenges and difficulties, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. If, if, if you get going down the road and you look back and see there are some people following Jesus because because of what God did through me in their life. Um, I, I don't want anything else in this life. You guys, there's nothing else. There's nothing else I want more in this life than to be able to look back and say that there are people following the Lord because of what God's doing in my life. That God used me to lead my kids to the Lord. That's a big deal to me. Uh, that God will use me to lead other people or to teach them how to walk with the Lord or to keep them encouraged in the Lord or just to teach them what God's word says so we would know how to properly walk with the Lord. That is, that's everything. And so everybody here, a couple things I, I want to give us as we close. One, I think we all need people like Paul. We need to be able to identify people that are like Paul to us. People that, that guy, that girl, that woman, that man, they're a good example to me. They're, they're, they're a, that person is where I want to be one day. They're an example I, I could follow. And so we should identify in our own lives people that are, they're strong and good examples. We have examples in the scriptures, but we want to identify people that are good examples to us. And then the three, three questions that I want to ask you guys, you can write them down. And uh, I'd like you to ponder them and pray over them this week. Number one, in what areas could you be a better example in the faith? So you consider your own life. If you're here, you're a Christian. In what areas could you be a better example in the faith? Just be honest with yourself. This is between you and the Lord. But I want you to identify it so you can work on it. Where could you be a better example in the faith? In what area? Number two, could you be more bold in your proclamation of the gospel? Are you kind of wimpy, scary, tentative about sharing could you be more bold in your proclamation of the gospel? And if so, uh, I really want to encourage you and challenge you to, to step out. You got to do that right away. Just step out into it. Let the Lord let the Lord show up on your behalf. Could you be more bold in your proclamation of the gospel? And lastly, whom can you care for as Paul cared for these new believers? Who could you be caring for? All the terms that Paul used, like a mother with her nursing babies, like a father he was speaking. Who's in your life? that you know of that you could come and encourage. Maybe a younger believer, maybe someone that they, they still not there yet. You still need to be bringing them along and helping them out. But who could you take on and, and really care for their spiritual state like Paul was caring for these believers' spiritual state? And I believe if we can answer these questions and, and, and respond, that's how we want to respond to this message. God, you, you've given us some great examples. Help us to be good examples to others. Help us not to be 
that negative example in someone's mind about why they won't go to church. Help us not to be that person. That the reason why they won't go is because of you or what you do or how you live. Help us to be the kind of example that people, uh, whether they follow it or not, it's a solid example in the Lord. Amen. You've just heard a transforming word, a ministry out of Inglewood, California. Do you know Jesus? We want you to find the inexpressible joy and hope found in Him. We'd strongly encourage you to go to calvaryinglewood.org to get started in knowing Jesus personally. Part of the ministry of Jesus focused on loving others in an unassuming way, like that of a servant. Listen to the words of Paul as he prays for you and me to have that same kind of love. It reads like this from 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. We believe that your relationship with Jesus and others matters. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to grow in your faith whenever and wherever you are. There's nothing better than having the teachings of Jesus right at your fingertips. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Here it is again, in case you missed it the first time, calvaryinglewood.org. Do you need someone to talk with or pray for you? Don't wait another second longer. We would be overjoyed to be that someone for you today. You can call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're out of time for today. Plan to join us again on A Transforming Word.